Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to episode 23 of Isn't It Past Your Bedtime? This is Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this week we are doing As Seen on TV. Yay. Uh, So it's books that we have seen TV characters read. And to be honest, I actually kind of had a really hard time with this one. Did you? Yeah, because most of the books that I was finding are like classical books. And I don't like, I don't enjoy classics. That's fair. They're also very long books. Like almost all the ones I found were like 16 plus hours. Well, it's because they're TV characters reading them. It's just like, it's just for show. They didn't actually have to read that, you know, 500 yeah. page book. They just had to look like they read it. Yeah, they're just like holding it or, yeah. I went, through almost, I went through the entire Rory Gilmore list. Well, that's an intense list. My cousin and I started working our way through that. I think we got like two books in and we were like, whew, taking mm-hmm. a break. Yeah, there's a few in like the later ones that are like kind of more new books that I thought about or like the only other ones that I thought of are books I've already read that I didn't want to read again. Mm. So it's fair. I ended up picking Sawyer from Lost. Uh, He's seen reading like a handful of books throughout the whole series. I love Lost. Yeah, I've only seen it the one time through and I keep being like, I could restart it. And then I just don't. I usually watch it in the summer. Like this is prime time for me to restart Lost. So I'm stoked that you picked this book because now I feel extra inspired because I've been thinking (laughs) about it all week. Oh, that's your sign. There you go. It's a sign. I'm going to start Lost tonight. All right. What is Sawyer reading in Lost? So the book that I picked that he is reading is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy Bloom. (gasps) I love that he's reading this. Also, this is such a good book. I had never read it before. I never read it as a kid. I don't think I've read any judy bloom books ever oh my goodness yeah i think i just skipped i think when she was popular i didn't like reading it was like in like my four year span of reading it's dumb for losers you're too cool for that yeah like hair flip too cool um (laughs) so this book is for children um and i was when i was reading the reviews on it to decide if i wanted to read it there were a handful of adults who also wrote reviews who were like, this is my first time reading it. I'm 73. Like, it's still worth it. So I went for it. Super quick read. As I said, it's for children. It's a kid's book, yeah. Yeah, it's like 10 super short chapters, really big font. But basically, it is about this girl named Margaret, and she's 12. And she is just moved from New York to New Jersey, I think. Anyway, she's moved to New Jersey from somewhere. And um, her mom, her mom is Christian and her was raised Christian and her dad was raised Jewish. Um, Neither one of them are practicing and they're not raising Margaret in any kind of religious way. They're going to let her decide when she's older. But her mom's parents basically disowned the whole family when her parents got married and was like, well, if you're going to marry a Jewish man, we don't want you in our lives anymore. Yeah, and I was like, really? People, like, come on, calm down. It's fine. So Margaret doesn't have any religion, but she still, like, talks to God. But she doesn't tell anybody about it, because she's like, I don't know if I'd, like, get in trouble, or, like, what they would think. Oh, sad. Yeah, but she doesn't even tell anybody about this. And, you know, so she, it's like, and that's kind of her, like, base, it's more so, like, her, like, inner monologue of, like, hey, God, it's me, Margaret, and uh, what if I hate my new school? Like, what if nobody likes me? Like, 
can you help out like be a homie and like she i mean she's 12 right so like a lot Classic of her, kid insecurities yeah and a lot of her like big things at 12 is that she wants boobs and so i mean of, i was obsessed yeah and so a lot of the time she's like asking god to like make her grow and she wants to get her period because nobody no girl wants to be the last one in the friend group to get them so she ends up meeting this gal who like lives like five houses down i think her name's nancy i probably should have wrote all these names down um but they That's become okay. quite friends because you know they live like seven houses down yeah they like come over in the summer and um they just like ran through the sprinkler and stuff the neighbor best friend as a kid is like the best best yeah. friend so and also like they literally just like ran through the sprinkler i was like yep definitely remember it and, like they had like games that they played and i was like yep i definitely did all of those so 90s yeah uh marguerite is an only child but nancy has an older brother who's name doesn't really matter at all but he has a friend named moose they're 14 and margaret has a big old crush on moose moose of is course like, you're a, a child you're my friend's sister you're 12 meh whatever um meh. but so then they go and they get they're like talking they're like oh my gosh i wonder who our teacher is going to be because the teacher that we were supposed to have ran off with a younger man to california or some nonsense like that good for like, her i was like okay this is what we're doing in this book awesome love it already and so they're like well we don't know who we're going to get and so they go there and they're on the first day and this like younger kind of guy walks in and it's mr benedict and he's i think he's like 24 26 uh it's his first year teaching and so it's like he has all these like ideas about being a first year teacher and he's gonna do things and he has changed the world yeah and he does like a get to know you thing and it's like my name is i like i dislike i think male teachers are and Margaret's like i don't know she's like well i don't know like what do i put and there i think there's like one other like kind of weird question and so she was just like she ended up writing male teachers are the opposite of female teachers and i was like i am here for so literal like, i love her yes Big so fan. then she's like nancy is like okay like you're gonna be a part of the secret society don't wear socks on the first day which Socks mean tights, apparently, because they were all like half the girls were like tights under their and oh. probably a school uniform dress. But her mom was like, "You're gonna get blisters. Like it's a three quarter mile walk to school, or quarter mile, or whatever." And yeah, like, wear your socks until you get to school, and then take them off. Bob. Yeah, apparently she never knew that trick. So, but either way, so she becomes they like she joins the secret society, which is just four girls total. So it's like Nancy, Margaret, and the two other girls who I don't remember. I think it's like Gretchen and something <coughs> girls names got it yeah just some generic girl names um <laughs> daisy and they have to of course like come up with a name um and they end up on like the pts's i think it's like the pre-teen sensations wow that is absolutely a name teenage girls would come up with yeah because some of the other ones that they had come oh. up because it's um mr benedict's name is michael benedict i think he even says his middle name like michael something benedict jr and so like one of the girls like throws out like his initials and they decide not to do it and so then everybody has to go around and make a rule and so like one rule is that they have to keep a boy book and every week you every week you have to update your boy book with the rankings of what boys you like the most oh i remember this but i'm like a weekly one i, I must have I probably, that much i probably did this but as a grown woman, I'm like, that is a lot of changing. 
I mean, I don't think I ever ranked them, though. I pretty much just honed in on one and stuck with that until that was played out. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then one of the other rules, I think, was whoever gets their period first has to instantly tell everybody about it and tell them what it feels like. So you're like, okay, that's a normal one, whatever. Um, and then I can't remember what the third rule was, but then it gets to Margaret. She's the last one to make a rule, and she can't think of anything clever. And she was like, we all have to meet on the same day. And they're like, okay, well, I can't do Friday because I do this after school. And they're like, Monday is the only day that works. And that's when they find out that Margaret doesn't have to go to Sunday school. And they're like, well, then what do you do? do? Where do you go? And she's like, I don't do any of them. Like, I'm not religious. And that's like a theme throughout the book. It's like where she has moved is like everybody cares that she's not religious. She's like, I literally never had any of these conversations ever before with anybody this what the heck this is why i liked this book when i was a kid there you go um and so then um so yeah so basically it's just like them going through like their sixth grade year uh margaret's grandma is like a huge influence on her life which is why margaret is convinced that their family actually moved um because she's like a quote-unquote bad influence as much as a grandma can really be a bad influence on a 12 year old much sugar well, yeah, so she, they, like, talk every day, and then it ends up going to, like, once a week, but she's the one who, like, she would take her to the play and, like, let her take off her boots inside, because they oh, were got yeah. too warm and stuff like that, like, that kind of a bad influence. Gotcha. Uh, but you're like, actually, that's a really good relationship to have. You should kind of Maybe that foster be. that. Yeah. Mm. But they don't really push back too much on it, so it's fine. Um, and so then it's going, and... Oh, yeah, so that was the other part about the whole talking to God thing, is that Mr. Benedict, like, week one or something, is like, I want you guys to do a, um, it's like, you have to do a year-long project. He's like, but it's only between the two of us. He's like, you're not going to tell, you don't have to tell anyone out in class what it's about. Nobody else is going to see anything about what it is. Pick something, and he's like, and pick it soon, like, don't wait till the end and try to do it all. And so Margaret has no idea what the hell she's going to do, and she finally decides that she's going to decide and sit by the end of sixth grade what religion she wants to be because apparently everyone either goes to the y or they go to some other i think it's like some jewish workout space that i can't remember but that's what you have to pick one of them basically it's like what her friends say she's like well how am i going to decide which one i want to go to like it's eh, probably whichever ones your parents pay for but that's okay whatever you're 12 basically cool. um so their first meeting, when they bring back the boy books, um, Margaret wants to write down Moose, but she's like, I ain't that stupid. So she doesn't. And so they all write like the same boy's name down because he's like the cutest one there. And then there's this gal, other what gal in class, um, this other gal in class named Laura Decker, I think. And she has boobs. And so Nancy oh. had like heard a rumor about how she goes behind the A&P A&P building with boys to like do, well, you know what she's doing um short number boobs and so like nancy's like spreading this rumor and so everybody just like hates her because of this random little rumor and at one point like margaret oh, has buddy. to work with her on a school project and gets like super mad and like calls her out on it and was like i what are you talking about she was like this is why everyone is so mean to me she was like you have no idea how hard it is to like have to wear a bra in fourth grade feel her and Margaret, Margaret is like, I would trade places with you. And she was like, okay, look, like, I'd love to. Like, oh my gosh. No, this is terrifying. Like, this is terrible. I hate it. Everybody hates me because of it. 
Always want what you don't have, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then, so like the school year kind of keeps going and stuff like that. And, oh yeah, so after that project when Margaret, yep, Margaret, Margaret, sorry, I have a friend named Marguerite. It's very hard to say. You know, you did it once earlier too, but I, I, know. I, I did. Yeah, I I'm going to keep messing that up. Sorry, listeners. So she follows because uh, Laura Decker has to go to confession. That's why she like, like, oh yeah, I gotta I can stay late because then I gotta walk to confession. And so she's like, oh, I'm gonna follow her. After, of course, she's like been super mean to her. She like goes in to see what it's about, mm-hmm. but then chickens out and runs out. Uh, and so like nothing like super exciting else kind of really happens. Like one of the boys in her school like mails her a birthday invite and turns out they invited the entire class and it's like a super fancy party and you gotta wear your nice fancy clothes um and so they play spin the bottle which kind of ends up like ending how you'd expect 12 year old spin the bottle go and then they're like oh we'll do two minutes in the closet oh boy i remember the days and so like the boy who like picked it as that was the one that they were gonna do like goes in and like calls up the number for the girl and comes out like 10 seconds later and they're like oh you said it was two minutes and they're like oh it's a max of two minutes it's however long you can last it's whatever it's fine oh my god you're supposed to stay until the two Uh, yeah so he clearly doesn't actually want to do it he's just doing it because you know he's supposed to so she ends up going in getting to go in and she like kisses like the boy who's like the number one on all the girls list who's like the most attractive um and then she gets this other guy. She calls him a drip throughout, like, the entire book. He's a drip. Oh, mean. Yeah. Um, and he ends up actually, like, having a really big crush on her, and she's kind of just not about do. it. But. Um, and so then, um, so, oh, so, she, like, Margaret had asked her grandma if she could go to Temple with her. So that's how she went to Temple. And then she went to um, the Christmas Eve service with one of her buddies and then I think she went to like a Protestant church with some other very uh Christian religion variation to like one of their services with like another buddy and so I mean she's she's the girl's freaking trying like she's going through a lot of these things like she's putting forth the effort putting in hella effort I'm impressed and so then her grandma goes to Florida every year for the winter as snowbirds do and um she convinces her parents to let her go for like the week to like it'll be her first time flying in a plane she's super excited and then all of a sudden they get a letter from her other grandparents who are trash and are like we're coming up this week we would love to get to know our only granddaughter blah 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 and then mm-hmm. the dad is like how do they even have our number and the mom was like well i was feeling sentimental and i sent them a christmas card so, so they have her address fucking a yeah, and so of course that completely ruins her plans because they're going to be there over spring break. And so Damn she it. does not get to go to Florida. They also only stay for like a night, maybe two max. And they're like, actually, we're just popping over to New York now. And the mom is finally like, I bet that they were actually planning on going to New York the whole time and they just wanted to like pop in or whatever. And so her, the good grandma had like met a man in Florida. On a, I think on like a oh. cruise or something. And so they like flew back as a surprise for her and she's like I figured you need some backup did they try to do any funny religious business and she was like actually yeah they did so like her grandma's on her side even though her grandma like totally wants her to be Jewish and like definitely like brings it up all the time about how she's a Jewish girl her grandma is also I mean, yeah. like okay like we're gonna let like obviously I'm gonna like 
let you decide. Like, I'm not gonna be bad. You're my granddaughter and I love you. Enjoy. Right. Oh, it's so yeah. sweet. Um, and so then finally at the end, uh, she has to like submit her final project. Um, and so she just writes a letter and she's like, like I tried really hard. I did all these things, but I still don't know what religion I am. And it's like on the last day and everyone's like turning in these big binders and all these things. But she only had, until she stays until everybody leaves and she's like i only have i only wrote you a letter but i promise i tried really hard and like mr benedict goes to say something super nice and she just like runs out and he's like hopefully he'll do better next year you know we were we really gave it to him so cool that's pretty much the year in the life of a sixth grade girl oh yeah she does Basically. get a period at some time Wow, I can't believe Sawyer read this book. He must have been bored as hell. I guess that's what happens when you're on a island haunted by a smoke monster. Yeah, that was one of the things that I read about it when I was looking up what books he read. It was like, I mean, I bet you, if you were deserted on an island, you probably also would finally read Are You There, God? I'd read literally anything. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I was trying to find one. There's a manuscript that he read, and I wow. kept trying to see if it was a real one but it wasn't but then he just reads like a bunch more like classic-y stuff and he read um what's that one you did it um the one with the flies it's got flies in the title about the boys on the Lord island. of the flies that one but then you already did it so I couldn't do it again so mm, yeah sorry ruined it there you go so I would give it as an adult reading the book how many blossoms oh gosh probably four Four blossoms. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay. It held up, you know. Like right? it's not the greatest, but it's also really hard to judge a children's book because sometimes you just want to shake them and just be like, "Oh my gosh, why are you lying to your friend? That's the stupidest thing to lie about." Because uh, kids are dumb. Like one of the girls like lies about getting her period first, and then like super panics later, and then Margaret's like. Oh my gosh, she's a liar. I don't know if I can ever be friends with her. And it's like, honey, you know you're going to be freaking friends with her in like four minutes. Calm down. It's fine. Give it three pages. It'll be fine. Yeah. But I totally see why kids loved it. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Good book. All right. Well, uh, compared to a children's book, my book is very heavy. Because it was heavy before I knew you were doing a children's book. So that'll be fun for us. Um, I did pick one of the classics. So I've been watching a lot of Schitt's Creek lately. And I have watched Gilmore Girls a lot. And so I'm very familiar with Rory's list. Um, but I wanted to see what Stevie was reading. Because I noticed that she reads a lot uh, when she's just like sitting behind the desk. So I looked up a list of like what Schitt's Creek characters are reading. And I ran across Bell Jar which is one that I actually already had on Audible oh. because Rory actually reads it too. And I had downloaded it because it was like free one month or something. And I was like, I'm just going to get it now. Um, and I never, I never listened to it. So I was like, this is the month. <laughs> now we're, we're listening to Bell Jar. So I am doing Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. I think another character on one of the many lists I was looking at, who's not either one of those, I think they also read. Probably. It's a pretty common one for TV characters to read. Um, huh. Partly because it's just a classic and uh, it's uh, it's a lot. It's okay. deep. Very deep. So I'm just gonna at the very beginning of this put on a giant like suicide ideation and attempts <laughs> trigger warning because this book like is basically half about the main character and her 
like issues with mental health and being locked in a psychiatric unit and attempting suicide. So just straight off the bat, don't read this book or listen to the rest of this. (laughs) That's going to be a a problem. So, all right. Knowing that, let's, uh, let's get into this a little bit. I'm here for it. Have you, have you haven't read this book? Have you? No. Okay. I didn't think so. I, I too usually find the classics pretty boring and I will say that I got through about half of this book and I was like um does anything interesting happen like what's gonna go on here I asked my stepdad because he reads a lot and he went he's like he's been to law school like he's a big like classics reader Mm -hmm. and so I was like have you read a lot of Sylvia Plath is she always this depressing (laughs) like (laughs) yes and yes (laughs) so um not a very cheery topic but a big thinker like basically this entire book is about like how society in the 1950s dealt with women who didn't want families, who didn't want to be married, who wanted to focus on their careers and how they dealt with like mental health and depression, particularly in women. So I think that's really interesting. And this entire book is basically about like the main character's journey through that. And I guess a lot of what this main character goes through, Sylvia Plath also went through in her life. So um, I think that's interesting that it's a, a little bit of a mirror for her. Um, so the main character of this story is Esther and Esther is a girl in the 1950s and our story kicks off in New York City so she's a college student and she's a writer and so she entered this like contest to basically get an internship over her summer between her junior and senior year of college in New York working for fashion magazines which is pretty cool. So what they do is I think there were probably 15 girls. Yeah, I think it was 15 girls. So at a variety of different colleges win this scholarship or internship opportunity basically. Mm -hmm. And they put them up in a hotel and this hotel is women only, like no men are allowed on the premises unless it's a doctor ever um, of this hotel. Cause it's the 1950s. Like they're pretty, pretty divided still. Um, So these 15 girls go to New York for two months and uh, they send them to a bunch of like launch parties and fashion shows and different courses on like how to make like these very specific like stole like first stoles and like they went to like a hat making class <laughs> and so like basically the first half of this book is like about Esther living in New York and like doing these things with these other women that she's with. Um, what's really interesting is like a lot of these women are like rich because most women who are going to college these days are rich like mm-hmm. they have a lot of money family money but Esther's pretty poor like it sounds like um I think she's from Boston I'm fairly certain um so she's not from New York or anything uh it sounds like her family has owned a restaurant for a long time uh like her grandfather owned a restaurant and so they like you know they're restaurant people they're not mm-hmm. not upperclassmen so she's a, a little bit of a disadvantage and like a little bit in awe of like how things work in New York like things are expensive like she doesn't understand how tipping works like she's not really sure how to like go out and meet men and party like these other girls that she's with and like she's pretty like just generally blase about like how she interacts with the other girls that she's there with like mm-hmm. one time they go she goes out with one girl and they meet this guy and this girl and this guy hit it off but the girl was like oh don't leave me I don't want to do something I shouldn't with him and then like after they start making out on the couch Esther's like yeah screw this I'm done I'm leaving so Esther leaves and then the girl like in the middle of the night shows up at her door because they have different um, rooms at the hotel, but they're all on the same floor. Mm -hmm. 
So this girl just like shows up at her door, super drunk. And so like somebody knocks on the door and was like, hey, your friend needs your help or whatever. And they just like leave her at Esther's door. But Esther's like first instinct was just like, you're too drunk. I'm just going to leave you in the hallway and you'll be fine. And when you wake up, you'll be embarrassed and you'll walk to your own room. Um, And the thing is like, that's a girl that she's known for, you know, over a month now at this point. So for her to just like straight up have no interest in helping her or like being kind (laughs) and like, she's just like, doesn't really seem to interact with anybody. Like even the one girl that she says is like her friend kind of, she doesn't even treat her as like a friend. Like she's just like a, somebody who's not threatening to like hang around, which is interesting Mm -hmm. because like they don't really interact that much. And she talks about like not really being interested in like helping any of the other girls or going out with them or doing anything with them. But she does like try to put on the front, like she's going to so like she's really good at like pretending like she's a normal person but wait this is in her words I'm not saying that like this is what normal should be but um like she tries to pretend like she's one of those girls that wants to go out and meet men and all this stuff and she's just like I don't know what I want to do with my career I know I'm not interested in getting married like she had this guy that she was seeing in college that she knew growing up because they um went to the same lack of church I believe or they were Unitarian or something. So they weren't like the mainstream or whatever. Oh. So they went to the same like smaller church growing up. So like he wanted to marry her and then he got tuberculosis because it's the 1950s. And so he got like put into like a TB asylum. So she was like, perfect. Now I can escape this dude. And then he wrote her a letter and she was like, nope, I'm engaged to somebody else. Bye. And just like pretended like, so just like in general, how she regards people and what she like wants in life, she's just like kind of doing whatever she feels like she's supposed to be doing and she doesn't really derive any enjoyment out of anything, right? Mm-hmm. So the magazine that she's on basically is just like, well, you need to pick like what you want to do and like they're kind of trying to motivate her to like make a decision and she's just not really. And then she also talks a lot about like how in her courses she's getting A's and she's doing so well, but how it's causing her like so much anxiety and stress and she didn't think she could do it anymore. And so like you can kind of see how like all of these things that are going on with her are kind of leading towards what happens next. Like, you can kind of just, like, tell, like, maybe she's not in, like, the best place mentally. <laughs> like, things are kind of rough for her. But she's trying really hard to kind of go about day-to-day, but also knows what she doesn't want, but isn't really sure how to communicate that to the rest of the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really interesting. So she ends up leaving New York um, after having, like, it's the end of her internship or whatever. But, like, a lot of things really occurred on this trip. It's, it's literally, like, the first half of the book, which is crazy considering the second half is, like, her depression. Um, but, like, they all get food poisoning one day. Oh, no. <laughs> so that was bad. Um, some guy attacks her. So, like, they, she talks a lot about not wanting to have sex. And basically it's because she's like, there's no way to ensure that you won't have a baby. And she sees sex as like entrapment. Basically she was just like, men want to trap me into doing whatever they want. And she sees like children as like a tether and a way that they can do that. Um, And so she's like really kind of against it, but like her friends try to get her to go out with guys. And so she went out with this one guy. Um, It was the last guy she went out with while she was there. And her friend was like, no, no, he's really nice. But as soon as she meets him, she's like, I can tell he hates women. She's like, I'm not the most attractive woman here, but he is focusing on me and not in a good way. Like, like in an uncomfortable way, Mm because he was a very attractive guy. And he ended up like attacking her at the end of the night, but she ended up drawing blood and then he like got off of her or whatever. But like, it was like, it was a whole thing. So like, she went through a lot of shit in New York. 
So she thinks she's going to go home, stay there for a week, and then take this writing course and start college, right? Start her senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, it's technically still the summer. So they're doing like another writing course during the summer. Um, so she wants to basically take that class. Um, so that's like her plan. So she's going to go home for a week. She says she doesn't like want to stay with her mom because her mom's very much like, why aren't you marrying Buddy Willard? Like, you know, <laughs> like she just doesn't want to deal with it. And so she's like, that's oh, fine. I'm just going to keep going to school. I'm just going to keep achieving because I'm great at school. And that's like what I know how to do. She doesn't get into the writing course. Oh, no. And so that right there kind of kicks her into just like, what did I do wrong? She's like, okay. she's like, maybe I've been doing things wrong all my life. And I just didn't know it. Like, it just seemed like I was doing things right. And so like, she kind of starts spiraling and then she's like, oh, it's okay. I'm going to write a book. And so she like tries to do that. And then her depression gets so bad that like, she can't read, which is just like, just can't focus, I'm guessing. So she was writing a letter to her friend and she realized that she was writing that her handwriting was so bad that she didn't feel comfortable sending it. So she ended up just throwing the letter away and not writing her friend a letter because she was so embarrassed. And so she was like, I'm broken. She's like, I can't write anything. I can't eat. I can't sleep. Like all this stuff. And her mom ends up taking her to a doctor who was like, okay, like you're obviously like depressed or whatever. And um, a lot of things basically go down essentially at this point. I don't really want to get too into detail, but she starts like considering like self-harm and attempting doing some like suicidey things which just gets a little dark like Mm -hmm. she cuts herself in the tub and imagines like what that would be like and she attempts to hang herself but she can't do it because your body won't let you at a certain point like hold a rope tight you know you pass out so basically she she attempts a bunch of times to to kill herself but your body's fail safes essentially prevent her from doing it. And so she's getting frustrated that she can't do it. And so she starts asking for more sleeping pills from her doctor. And then her mom only doles them out to her one and every night though. So she's collecting them. And so she basically gets like fed up with that, with the waiting to collect enough of them. And when her mom is out one day, she's decided she's, she's done. She's going to do it takes the pills out of her mom's like safe where her mom kept them because her mom doesn't leave the house very often Mm -hmm. um I don't think she works or anything I don't remember for sure but like her brother's not there or anything so she's like this is my opportunity so she writes a note that says like I'm going out for a walk and I'll be back later but when her mom comes home she realizes that the sleeping pills have been taken and they're looking for her and they don't find her until like the next day but she's taken so many that she has like passed out but she doesn't die um but they end up committing her Mm -hmm to a mental institution and she's just like distraught over that because she's like my family is going to be totally broke and then eventually I'm still going to end up in a state institution because they can't afford it so on top of them being broke and not being able to afford their home I'm going to end up somewhere shitty like all this stuff and so it's really interesting because a lot of the women in there are in there for reasons that there aren't really insanity like there was one woman that she encountered who she was just like well why are you in here and the woman was like my husband knows I don't like my mother-in-law and he brought her in to stay with us for a month and I lost it on her. Jeez. Like that kind of stuff. And yeah. so like, it's just really interesting the way that they're, they're dealing with their just like general depression and anxiety. And like, she goes, she undergoes shock therapy that like kind of was really traumatizing because it wasn't like a good shock therapy, I guess. Like, so what's supposed to happen is like, they're supposed to just kind of like fall asleep during it and then wake up and it's over. But her first experience that's not how it went she ended up like feeling like her brain was like ping-ponging around in her head and she was seeing like flashing lights and like it was like really traumatizing and so um she ends up going like 
back and forth to a bunch of different places kind of based on, I'm guessing like her family, how much they can afford and the level of care that she's needing. And she's like not diabetic, but they start pumping her full of insulin because they think it's going to help. Like, cause it's the fifties, mm-hmm. like they're doing a lot of really weird outdated things. Like she meets a, a girl who's had a lobotomy, um, a girl who she knew growing up actually ends up in there too for suicidal ideation and attempts as well. So it's just a lot of really weird stuff. Um, I don't, I don't really like talking in like super detail about like how all that mental health stuff went down, but basically it, uh, she, she tries to like integrate herself back into society. She like does well enough that she's able to get into the house where they're allowed to like leave sometimes. And, um, she starts talking to her doctor about like all of these feelings that she has about children. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was a really powerful point that they had. And she told her, you know, how she feels like it's a trap and like all these things, but like, it's not that she doesn't want necessarily to be intimate. She's just not comfortable. Like she was just like, (laughs) chastity is really the only way for me to like prevent this from happening to me. And so in the fifties, her doctor was like, I understand. She's like, you want freedom. And she was like, yeah, exactly. I want to feel like I can do what I want to do and not get stuck somewhere. And so her doctor refers her to a clinic that allows her to get birth control. Go doctor. Go doctor. And like, it was great too. So like the whole, like having sex for the first time experience didn't go well for her because unfortunately, like when that happened, she was like one of the rare people who like had a lot of bleeding, like Mm -hmm. had to go to the hospital. It was too much. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that went poorly, but like the fact that she was able to have that freedom. And so she was like thrilled. Like it was so cool. Just kind of see her, like she like went out and she told them that she was staying with a former patient, which she did end up going there, but that's not what she was doing that night. Mm -hmm. So she like went out to a bar and met a man and like felt comfortable and like wanted to do things. You know what I mean? Because she knew she was protected. And so I thought that was really interesting. And so basically the bell jar, she talks about it a few times during her mental health care, because that's the title of this book, right? Mm-hmm. The bell jar is basically, so what I gathered listening to the book, cause I did audible per usual was that it was kind of like a metaphor for like her feelings of being trapped. So she talks about like how people in a bell jar, it's like being in a fishbowl. Like you can look around, but like, there's nowhere to go. And you're like, just like feeling claustrophobic and like that kind of thing. And I was thinking it was like her like anxiety and emotions and depression. And like, that was part of it. But another part of it is like just society's like expectations of her in general, like her perfectionism is basically what pushed her to this point. So like her dad died when she was nine. And so she realized that like, she wasn't happy after that point Mm -hmm. because like her mom wasn't like the direct caregiver. So between that and like her need to be a perfectionist, but also trying to avoid like (laughs) getting trapped into like the societal things. Like she hated kids, like all this stuff. And so like, it was just a really interesting book. Like it brought, it was like very mental health heavy and it was just a really interesting perspective. And I like how Sylvia Plath, like, although it's really heavy to listen to all that, like suicidal and depression, like and anxiety, like how she was feeling, like the way she described it, it was like made it understandable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How I feel like in a lot of books, like it makes it un- not necessarily relatable, but I felt like she just was like a very real character. And I think a lot of that was just like the detail that they go into about like how she's feeling and like the, the emotions that are leading up to these feelings. Like it's super interesting. So for a classic and considering the first half of the book, I thought was kind of boring because, you know, listening to her dicking around in New York for two months did get a little tedious. Yeah. 
um it was overall a really good book like it oh. says a lot but it was like obviously in the in the way a classic is a good book okay. you know in a way that like it's it's informational and it speaks a lot to the time period and it was very real so I liked it in that manner I mean it's not something I'd listen to for like fun and entertainment yeah what would you rate it how many how many bell jars out of five um five okay. five bell jars out of five nice it was it was really good yeah I don't know I don't usually get into classics at all but like I forced myself to kind of like push through it even though I felt like the first half was kind of boring because I was like there's got to be a reason it's a classic mm-hmm, and this is so why many people it's this statement like it yeah that it makes yeah so um yeah we'll probably read more classics in the future because now that I know that a lot of it is you got to push through mm-hmm. this the, the detail that these kind of authors provide yeah you do one after summer yeah 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 maybe space them out too but you know yeah so we're not so like classic heavy yeah but I did I did enjoy it so this this was probably a good intro for me as far as classics go considering I don't do them too much yeah that's good to know big fan well our next episode we are gonna do audible originals because they come out with like originals all the time all the time uh, or they also have some books that are, you can only get on Audible, like they don't have them in paperback. So mm-hmm. any, any of those variations is going to be our next episode. Can't wait. Yeah. Got somebody to pick from. I've downloaded a ton. Oh, I just yeah. don't listen to them all the time because I've always, you know, pick my main book over the Audible originals. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think like with the membership, we get like one or two free a month. I think it's I, two. I take advantage of it every I do month, too. So, yeah. Uh, I have Ooh. a lot of them. I can't wait to see what we pick. We should probably cross-reference that to make sure we don't pick the same one. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. We'll do that. Uh, let us know. Reach out on whatever book it is that your TV characters are reading that you like or that you want to try. Or even a movie character. I tried that one. I'll too. take that movies. One, that wasn't super helpful either on my list. I really struggled. But the reach challenge. out. We are on Instagram at Isn't It Pastor Bedtime? Twitter uh, at IIPYB underscore pod. You can check out our website, isn'titpastorbedtime.com to see what's coming up next, what we're currently listening to or reading, I guess, depending. I just happen to listen all the time. Uh, (laughs) What we have read in the past. Uh, Send us an email at isn'titpastorbedtime.com if you want to chat or have anything to say or have any suggestions. We would love to read whatever you're reading. Yeah, we always take recommendations, so... Let us know, and we will talk at all y'all in a fortnight. Bye. Bye.